from the Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. Start your engines. This is the Chasing Checkers Podcast with Chase McCain on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. That's right. Welcome in. Chasing Checkers, ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app as well. How's it going? Chase McCabe here with you every Friday afternoon on demand. You can download us on iTunes as well. Rate, subscribe, and review. Hear us on the weekends on ESPN 1025 The Game and also on thegamenashville.com. So hope you're having a wonderful week. It is my favorite race weekend. Because it is the night race at the Bristol Motor Speedway. I love this track. It's obviously the home track here in the state of Tennessee. But uh, I absolutely love going to Bristol. I've been several times, uh, always to the night race. I've done campouts. I've done pit passes. I've done all you can do as a race fan. So if you have never gone to the night race at Bristol, I highly recommend it. It is a, a fantastic spot. So... We're going to get into a lot of that, but we have to start um, with the with the, the tough news that came out uh, yesterday uh, as drivers and broadcasters and everybody were they were getting to Bristol. Uh, the plane crash with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and his family. Uh, luckily, everybody is okay. Uh, everyone survived, got out of there. With uh, it, it's being reported that you know it was cuts and abrasions. But if you look at the plane, the aftermath, you think the worst. And it just shows you um, how safe these things are now and how lucky people can truly be. And the good Lord was on the side of Dale Earnhardt Jr., his wife Amy, and and their daughter uh, Isla, and uh, the dog, and, and their dog, and the two pilots. So everyone got out. Everyone is okay. NBC announced that. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will take the weekend off. He'll be back next week as a bye week. He'll be back here in a couple of weeks uh, when they go to Darlington. He's supposed to run the Xfinity race as well. So just uh, scary, scary stuff that um, the plane was landing, had it skidded off the runway, hit a fence, caught fire, and everyone was able to get out. And, of course, the racing world has been reacting to it. Kyle Busch, in his pre-race press conference on Friday, was asked about Dale Earnhardt Jr. in that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's scary anytime um, you hear about those things or see those things. And certainly when I heard about it, my, my pilot actually called me and was like, hey, have you heard this or seen this yet? And I was like, no. And he explained to me what all happened. And uh, it, as soon as he said junior's plane went down um, my heart just dropped you know so um, I certainly like my first thing was like well are there any survivors you know Um, because you don't know any of the details originally and then a lot more of the details start coming out and you start hearing things but um, it's a scary situation you know and um, you know as much as we do travel and things like that um, I know um, junior's had his pilots for a long long time I don't know any of the details past what you guys all know because I haven't spoken to anybody so um, it's just, uh, you know, everybody has procedures and protocol and things like that. And I feel like, um, Cessna and Textron Aviation, those guys do an amazing job. They actually help me manage my aircraft and, uh, I have the exact same plane Dale Jr. has, uh, Citation Latitude. And it's been, um, a fantastic aircraft to get me from point A to point B. And it's always been there for us and it's done a phenomenal job. Um, so I'm not sure the details as to what happened if it was, 
whose error or whose accident it was, I don't know. And um, so my wife right now is in the air, flying her way here on, on the plane, and hopefully everything goes well and everything's normal on that end. You know, There's a lot of airplane flights that happen throughout the days, throughout the years, and everything else, and there's a few that have issues. And uh, for as many flights that are successful, uh, it's, it's certainly a, a tragedy when there's flights that aren't a success. So um, glad everybody was okay. Kyle Bush reacting to the Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s plane going down again. Everyone is okay. Um, uh, quite the the scary situation, but uh, thoughts, prayers with with his family as they recover. And um, you know, the the thing to consider in all of this is physically, yeah, they're good. But you know, you can only imagine how hard this is, and with a 15 month old and. You know, everything that Dale's been been through with concussions and racing and all of that, and it just there's a lot of mental uh, mental things that goes into it as well. So, just glad that everyone um, everyone is okay. So, Dale Earnhardt Jr. out of the booth this weekend at Bristol. He'll be back in Darlington here in a couple weeks. So now we get into the racing. And last week at Michigan, uh, Kevin Harvick finds victory lane once again. And if you remember last year when he won at Michigan, he had a he had a co-pilot uh, with him uh, during the victory lap, and uh, that's his son Keelan. Young Keelan goes for a ride again. They did the burnouts, and then NBC's Marty Smith, Mar- Marty Snyder, I'm sorry, caught up with Kevin Harvick and Keelan Harvick after the race. That's, that's way better than the burnout, isn't it? That's way better than burnout. You know, I think. Uh the coolest thing is, you know, we always we've spent the last couple summers together. He wants to go get the flag. Okay, we'll, we'll let him do that. He did that in the middle of the interview last year. Yeah, yeah. He told me before the race, he's like, if I win today, I can get in the car again, right? I'm like, well, I guess so. So yeah, it's uh, it's got to thank all the fans. You guys have been great to us. Um, you know, to come here with Mobile One and everybody from Ford and Hunt Brothers and Jimmy Johns and uh, everybody who's who's helped us uh come on over bud i'm tired i'm not sure who they're cheering on more you or keelan to go get the flag what about it fans yeah well they should cheer for him i <laughs> uh, just got to thank everybody from um whew, fields and haas uh, who else we got to thank key hunt brothers brothers hunt brothers Mobile one Mobile one jimmy johns jimmy johns bush bush haas everybody at the shop Everybody it takes a lot of people to make these cars go around, and uh, winning races is, is what it's all about. And just can't do it without all you guys. I mean, to come here to Michigan and win for Ford, and, and I know how much Mobile One likes to beat that shell car, so that makes it cool. Keelan, <laughs> how was the ride with Dad? It was kind of scary at first, then I liked it. Then you liked it, but did you obey everything he said? Did you keep your fingers in your ear and all that? Yep. Was the burnout scary? That's yep. okay. Yep. We're gonna do another one. Kevin Harvick and his young son, Keelan. It's my favorite part of the sport, of just how it's a family sport. And you uh, you see it a lot. You see you see Keelan at the track and other kids. Uh, Brexton, Kyle, and Samantha Bush's son, he's at the track a lot. And it just it's a fun part of it. But you hear in what I wanted to point out with Kevin Harvick is just how tired he was. And this is a two-mile track. This isn't a, a road course. But it shows you with the way these cars are set up now, I have to drive these things. These drivers are tired. They're using a lot of energy to drive these. It's not like it used to be. So it is, uh, it's tough 
on these guys and their bodies as they, you know, try and power through and, and win these races. And um, it's endurance gets tested for sure nowadays, more so than it, than it used to. Uh, I mean, it's almost like the old school days of how it used to be. And then, so, you know, with this new setup, this new package, they're having to really drive these race cars. So you, you heard it. Kevin Harvick was pretty exhausted after uh, finishing, but uh, an exciting race nonetheless. Denny Hamlin continues his strong run, coming home second. Kyle Larson third. Martin Truex Jr. fourth. Daniel Suarez uh, is building some momentum as well as he's trying to get in. We'll look at the standings in a second. He's trying to get into the playoffs. Um, Kyle Busch comes home sixth. Ryan Priest with a strong finish seventh. William Byron eighth. Chase Elliott ninth. And Alex Bowman rounds out the top ten. So, uh, and we'll actually, uh, you know, as that playoff battle continues, um, Clint Boyer is going to join the show a little bit later on. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to join the show a little bit later on as well. But it's getting tight there in the standings uh, as we wrap up with just three races left before we get to the playoffs. Um, You you go down and, and look at the standings right now. Clint Boyer is sitting 16th. But he's got a six-point lead over Daniel Suarez uh, for the cutoff spot or it, to be out of the playoffs altogether. Jimmy Johnson, he's about 15 or so points of being to the good. Ryan Newman is in 15th, just ahead of Clint Boyer, with a 10-point cushion. And then it gets a little better when you get to Eric Jones at 14th. But it's going to come down to the last week for some of these guys to even make the playoffs. It's just that tight right now. And that's what's so exciting. That's why NASCAR created this format. That's why we watch. Um, because you want to you wanna see as it comes down to, to the final races. And, you know, you, you look at the winners. So Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman. They're fine because they're in on wins. The, the best the best person in points right now is Ryan Blaney uh, in ninth on points, does not have a win yet. Then Eric Almarola, William Byron, Kyle Larson, Eric Jones, Ryan Newman, Clint Boyer would be your playoff uh, drivers right now. So it's just going to it's gonna get tighter. And look, Saturday night under the lights at Bristol, you kidding me? You know there's going to be checkers or wreckers mentality from a lot of these drivers. So that'll be fun to watch. We will talk to uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Clint Boyer coming up here in just a little bit and get their thoughts on Bristol. But also, as it's been a big news week, silly season has begun in NASCAR. A couple of drivers uh, have announced that they're going to be making some changes. And the first is David Reagan, who is going to be stepping away from full-time competition. Over the last uh, you know six or 12 months, I've thought a lot about you know, what my, my future looked like, uh, you know, on the racetrack with my race team and, and my, my partners and me as a race car driver and a lot of what my, my future looked like as a husband and a father and, you know, a leader of our household. And, um, yeah, over the past couple of months, it was really clear to me that, you know, it was time to take a step back and, and, uh, and be home a little bit more. And it's pretty simple as that. Um, in the world of motorsports, to be a premier race car driver, I think you have to 
dedicate your life to driving that race car and being the best driver uh, for the team. And that means putting putting racing first in front of everything else, uh, in, in front of your, your family, your kids, your hobbies, uh, a lot of things. And so I've enjoyed making that sacrifice over the past 10 or 12 years, and that's a sacrifice that was necessary to uh, to stay in the Cup Series as long as I have and, and to keep a job. And, and I've, uh, I've had a lot of fun. I've had fun, you know, doing appearances and, you know, traveling to the tracks and, and testing and being on the simulator and a lot of things that it takes to, uh, to be a competitive race car driver. David Reagan uh, on announce, making his announcement at Bristol that he would be stepping away from full-time competition in the Cup Series next year. We've seen that trend over the last few years that, guys, they're not retiring. They're just stepping away from full-time which, uh, you know, if they get bored and want to go run a race car every now and then, they can do it. And uh, and David Reagan is going to be another one of those guys. We also learned that Matt DiBenedetto was going to be out at Levine Family Racing after this season, which really stinks because he's he's been running well lately. He's done a good job for them. I mean, we all remember Daytona and uh, the laps he led there. But they have a... Uh, an agreement with Joe Gibbs racing to get their race cars and equipment and all of that. And Joe Gibbs is in a predicament because he's got, he's all four of his teams are full, but Christopher bell is ready to move up to the cup series. And so the rumor is that Christopher bell is going to be taking over the 95 car. Eric Jones will remain in the 20 and uh, Christopher bell will be that unofficial fifth Joe Gibbs car in the 95 so a couple of uh, a couple of other drivers that people are watching Tyler Reddick, Cole Custer, um, they could be headed to the Cup Series. Tyler Reddick could move into a a third Richard Childress racing car, uh, possibly Cole Custer though. You know where is he going to go? He's in the Stuart Haas umbrella. Clinton Boyer's contract is up at the end of the season, but rumor rumor has it he's close to being good to go and being back with them. So we'll ask him. We'll ask Clint. When he comes on here in a little bit, Kurt Busch also was on a one-year deal with Chip Ganassi, but he said back in July when he won that, quote, it would be stupid not to keep this group together. So silly season has begun. It seems like it's later than usual, but silly season is fully underway in NASCAR. So we will see where some of these free agent drivers end up just to um, just to kind of run through it. You know, Kurt Busch, uh, his contract is up. So as I mentioned, Matt DiBenedetto, I, I really hope somebody f- signs Matt DiBenedetto because he's done a good job in good equipment. So I would really like to see him get a good shot, even if he has to drop back for a full-time Xfinity ride with a really good team for a season, get some wins under his belt, be competitive, then that could parlay itself into a, into a really good cup ride here in a season or so. But I really like him, and uh, he's been on the show a few times, so... Hopefully it all works out for him. So when we come back, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he is going to join the show. Clint Boyer after that as we get ready for Bristol here on Chasing Checkers on Nashville's Best Sports Talk, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Welcome back in. Chasing Checkers, ESPN, 102.5 The Game on the Game Nashville app as well. Chase McCabe here with you and pleased to be joined by the driver of the number 17, Rash Fenway Ford, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is on with us. Ricky, how's it going? Going good. How are y'all? I am doing well, and i uh, excited to talk some some NASCAR with you. But before we get into that, I was mentioning this off the air, but uh, about a month or two ago, we had the World of Outlaws out at the Fairgrounds Speedway here in Nashville. They turned uh, 
little quarter mile track into a dirt track. It was the first time that I had witnessed dirt racing. It was all, it, it was so much fun. And I actually had the opportunity to, uh, walk through the pits and meet your dad. Tim Duggar, uh, introduced me to your dad, uh, and saw your team out there. But, um, I know you just spent the week in Knoxville and before you went to Michigan, but dirt racing, that's uh that's in your blood, man. Right. It is. I was bummed that we couldn't make it to Nashville, but it uh, looked like a lot of the fans turned out and uh, looked like a, a pretty cool show. Hopefully they can uh, continue to, to do that, but make the track a little bit better and, and more races for the fans and, and the drivers. But for the first show, I thought, the, I thought they did a pretty good job. And yeah, I grew up dirt racing and never really thought about making it to NASCAR. Just things worked out and, uh, and I ended up here. So I thought I was going to race you know, sprint cars for a living my, my whole life, but now I get to race on Sundays in the, in the cup car. And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's frustrating at times because you, uh, aren't as fast as you want to be in, in every race. But, um, you know, I think that's part of it as well as just trying to work together as a team to continue to get better. I know the cars are completely different, and obviously you're racing on dirt as compared to asphalt, but what aspects of dirt racing can a driver take that they can apply as they move up the ranks through NASCAR? Well, a lot of dirt track racing, you're always changing your lines up. You run the bottom, you run the top, you know, you run through the middle. The track's always changing as well uh, with the dirt flying off of it. So when you get to stock cars and, and get to NASCAR, um, you know, especially now that, you know, the tracks are, you know, using different compounds uh, of spray to, you know, make grip, you know, normally where there isn't, you know, we were this past weekend searching around in Michigan, uh, you know, using the very top of the racetrack, you know, higher than we have in the last five years. And, you know, so just searching around, I think is, is good and, and then car control as well. Um, you know, the, the dirt track, the cars are sliding sideways and um, going all over the place. So being able to, to control that, um, and, and I feel like going into Bristol, uh, dirt racers love Bristol, and for whatever reason, it just kind of feels like a dirt track. So I'm looking forward to getting there. You mentioned the compound that they put on the track, the PJ1, and I, as you said, they added more at Michigan. We know it'll be a thing at, at Bristol. Uh, with the combination of the PJ1 and then this this rules package that you guys are running, is that all coming together to give us the type of racing that we've seen this year, which is unpredictable at times, but you guys are able to stay side by side? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the package, obviously, on the, the mile and a half racetrack, it's, it's coming together. Um, you know, we're still not as close as we want to be at, at places like Michigan, uh, like we were this past weekend. Still a little bit hard to pass, but... Um, you know, for the most part, we're all just, you know, trying to make, uh, the cars closer together and, and better passing and, and put on a better show for the fans. And so the, the PJ one compound that they're putting on the racetrack is definitely helping, you know, we got to strategically place it in, in certain places you know, they put it around the bottom at Bristol really helps on restart. It helps to complete passes on the bottom with the top being the preferred groove and, you know, for me, I, I was skeptical about using it at Bristol because I really like running the top side of the racetrack, and so I was bummed when uh, they put it on the bottom. I thought we were just going to run the bottom only, but it's kind of cool. It, it builds rubber up and, and sometimes gets slick, and, and so you always got to chase your line around, and I feel like that's where that dirt track background comes into play, that, you know, you're always searching uh, for, for the best line, and 
you know, you could run the bottom for four laps in a row and the fifth lap all of a sudden isn't the best line around there. And then you start moving up the racetrack. And so it's, it's pretty fun. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. here with us on Chasing Checkers. So I uh, brought up Michigan, and I know this weekend didn't go the way that you had planned. Uh, I, I saw you had a, a little bit of an issue there. But where where are you guys right now? As you sit 21st in points, trying to make the playoffs, I know that it's you and Ryan Newman have been working well together and trying to get things going there at Rosh Fenway, but where do you see yourself in this season so far as you try and figure out all these things with the new package? Uh, I, I would sum up our season. We blew a, a lesser tire this season of Michigan um, after we had uh, some contact. Uh, a car ran into us on a restart. Um, our tolerances are so close. Defenders are so close to the tires. It doesn't take a whole lot for you to, to get a tire rub, but um, you know, for for our season, I would sum it up as, as blown tires. We, um, we've had some really fast cars at times and uh, contended, you know, up front at, at a lot of the mile and a half racetracks, and you know, which you know, last year and the year before, I feel like we really struggled at. Um, but we've uh, we've had I think four or five races where we've blown tires, and that's that's really kind of killed our, our point situation. Uh, but I feel like we've brought faster race cars to the track this year than, than we have in the last couple of years. So still trying to look at, at the positive things, which is, you know, we're bringing faster cars to the racetrack. Now we just got to, you know, figure out how to make sure we capitalize on that and, and continue to get good finishes. Uh, you know, as far as our playoff, hope, playoff hopes go, uh, Bristol this weekend, I think is by far our, our best chance. And, you know, when you race at, you know, Saturday night at Bristol under the light, uh, anything can happen. It's always been a great racetrack for us. And um, we finished second there a handful of times. So we're, uh, we're ready to go finish one spot better and make the playoffs that way. Well, that was going to lead me into my next question because I know uh, historically you've been pretty good at Bristol. You mentioned the dirt racing background and how that can kind of apply. So you would say that over the ne- the course of the next three races, as uh, we have until the cutoff that Bristol is going to be your best shot to try and win one of these things, huh? I definitely think Bristol's our, our best shot. You know, obviously we've, um, you know, won on, on super speedways and, and I feel like we, we have a really good package there. Um, but by far Bristol is, you know, my best race track. Uh, and also the, the one that I, I enjoy the most. And, you know, I think you, you walk in there and, and I feel confident, um, you know, no matter the season, if we've been struggling or if we've been uh, happy with our cars, uh, we're, we seem to always be fast at Bristol. And, um, you know, so that's what gives you the confidence to go in there and, and get the job done. The spring race earlier this year, I felt like we had our best practice sessions. We generally don't get the car very fast in practice for some reason, but always, you know, end up being pretty fast in the race. But in the spring, we were we were fast and, and ready to go. And then we got in a, a, a wreck on lap two, I believe it was, and then didn't really get to showcase the speed that we had. So looking forward to hopefully uh, bringing that same speed back. It's funny, Ricky, when you look at this sport and how just a little bit, little bit of luck, a little bit of confidence can change your whole season. I mean, I'll use Kevin Harvick as a prime example. He had, you know, had a good season, but he hadn't found victory lane. And now he's won two races here in the last handful. So to right. your point, if you're able to get it done this weekend at Bristol, who knows what that means for moving on into the playoffs? Because, you know, as the system is set, you just need that one win and you're in. 
Exactly. I mean, you, you get one win, and then all of a sudden it's like everything starts clicking, and, you know, there's a lot of mile-and-a-half racetracks left, and, and we've been strong on those. And, you know, obviously we're, we're taking it one one week at a time. we got Bristol coming up and, and winning to, to get in the playoffs is our priority this weekend, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, we uh, will probably, instead of calling the race for stage points, we'll, we'll call the race to set ourselves up for that last run and, and make sure that we put ourselves in the best position, track position-wise, to get the win when it, when it comes down to the end of that race. So, um, you know, it's, it's different strategies throughout the races um, when you're trying to win and, and win only, and uh, stage points don't really matter at this point for us. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a battle. Uh, but like you said, I mean, you get one win and all of a sudden you get hot and, um, you know, that, that would be, uh, that'd be really cool for us. Well, Ricky, best of luck this weekend and the rest of the way. Always enjoy talking to you. And, uh, hopefully the next time, uh, world of outlaws comes to Nashville, you'll be able to make it. Thank you. I appreciate it. That'd be, uh, that'd be really cool. And that is Ricky Stenhouse jr. Appreciate him taking the time to join us this week here on chasing checkers, Bristol. My favorite. It's my favorite track, Bristol Motor Speedway. And look, you heard it in that interview. Ricky's pretty good on the short tracks. Uh, they have a have a chance to turn things around. Another guy that's looking to turn things around and to uh, you know have some luck because he's had a lot of bad luck lately is Clint Boyer, and he's going to join the show next. The driver of the number fourteen Stuart Haas Racing Ford. He is in the on deck circle here on Chasing Checkers, ESPN one hundred two five. The game. We are back on Chasing Checkers, ESPN 102.5 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app as well, and Chase McCabe hanging out with you. I am uh, excited to have our next guest. He's been on the show a few times already. Clint Boyer, the driver of the number 14, Stuart Haas Racing Ford. Clint, how's Bristol? How's my favorite track doing? Bristol is, uh, Bristol's, it's the best racetrack ever. It's you couldn't mess Bristol up. If you tried to, you couldn't mess it up. This place is awesome. It's awesome every time you come here, and there's only one time it's more awesome than than the other, and that's just because it's the night race under the lights. Well, and I know, you know, the, it, I, I was reading a lot of things and watching interviews with you. Last week at Michigan was last week, and, and there's been some frustrating things that have happened, but I also know in talking to you in the past that Bristol is one of your favorite places, and this is this is a good place to turn things around, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely, man. If we uh, if we run the way we have the last few times we've been here um, with this fourteen car, Mike and all the guys, we knock on the door, man. We've been so close, um, you know, to getting in victory lane. And this place, this is one of the crown jewels. This is one of the big data that you want to win. Obviously, Daytona five hundred. No, nothing replaces the Daytona five hundred victory, but. Shortly thereafter, when you want to, if you ask a racer where they want to win more than anything, it's because it's Bristol and it's because of the difficulty in the racetrack and what you have to overcome and, and how hard you have to drive to be able to, to be up front and be in position and in contention to win. Um, nothing like like this racetrack. And, and, you know, I've never been on one any like this and probably never will. I really do believe that if we had four or five of these across the country, our sport would be better off. I'm with you there, man. I love short track racing. How much has the – I talked to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. earlier in the week. How much has the PJ1 and the, the compound that they put on the track changed things, not only at Bristol but at the other places that, that you guys use it? 
it definitely changed things a lot. Uh, when we first started using it, it was kind of up in the air. Um, we've learned a lot about it, just like everything. It's evolved and, and learned from your mistakes. And, man, this year it really has brought a lot to the table on a lot of racetracks. I look at Kentucky. Kentucky was always a, it was a difficult sell, man. Fan base is awesome. Um, you couldn't ask for a better area, a better market, a better venue to have a race. Um, and, and we just we struggled to, to put on a good side-by-side show for our fans. They put that PJ1 up high, especially down on three and four, where it's so flat getting into the corner in such a challenging corner. It changed it in a big way. We put on a hell of a show there. Texas, since the repave, that was a struggle down on one and two. Put that, uh, you know, the traction compound on the outside there and just made all the difference in the world. So um, Bristol, it's, it's amazing. They could put it down on the bottom. They could move it around to the top. Um, you can kind of... You know, you, you can you can just manipulate the racing however you want it is basically what you can do with it. And, and uh, the more we learn, the better the better we get with it. Clint Boyer here with us. And, Clint, as you go into Bristol this weekend, sitting 16th in the points, what is your mindset? Do you, do you just have that, hey, I, I'm going to go out and win this thing? Or do you have to points race? How do you go we're about it? Win, man. Nah, we're here. You unload uh, off the truck and, and – Make that thing as fast as you possibly can. Um, do the best you can in qualifying. Do the best you can in the race. You know, and, and, and the best we can do, um, then calls to, to being a, a victory. So we need to go out there and execute to our capabilities. Um, that's what we haven't been doing. We've been executing. We just can't finish. We can't. We can't. You know, put the uh, the, the the end on it. You know, we we race well, uh, running up front, qualify well, and. and you know, flat tire at Watkins Glen. I mean, two weeks ago, I mean, we were 100% exactly where we needed to be for points and everything. The situation we're in, we're doing everything right. Got stage points, got our track position, 48 has trouble, you're fixing to hang 30 points on that, you know, that vocal, that last best position. And next thing you know, no more than I see the 48 in my rear view mirror, poof, the right front goes out. I run over something on a racetrack and cut the right front down, have a flat, go to the back, and, and wiped out all of our contention to uh, – he ended up finishing right behind me uh, by the time they got their car fixed. So um, you just – you know, you got to have that mode. you got to have things going your way, but you gotta you got to put yourself in those situations. You know, last weekend we were – again, we were doing everything we needed to do for the points, but to be honest with you, we were racing scared. We were, we were not taking the chances that we typically can do. Uh, it's kind of like sitting on a blackjack table, man. You get up, you get get playing on house money. You play a lot different than you do when you're when you're down and, and down to your last chip. Um, you know, when 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 it's that close and, and you're down to your last chip, or either going home or, or staying on the game. You play um, defensively, and a lot of times you end up going home anyway. So it's just a difficult situation to be in. But coming to a track that uh, that I enjoy, that we're good at. And we're capable of running up front at. Um, it makes me excited to be here in the situation we're in. That's for sure. How much Clint has Kevin's success over the past few weeks? He's got a couple wins now on the season. It's a team sport. I know that you you guys on the fourteen team are trying to do your thing. But how much has Kevin's success helped the rest of the team as far as confidence and just learning things go? Well, it's definitely helping us um, in the sense that. It's all fixing to start over, right? Uh, as soon as if we can make these playoffs, your your new life, um, you know, a new shot in the arm, and, and you're back to playing on house money and going for broke again. 
Um, it's not fun racing the way we are right now, trying to protect our position and points and everything else, but you got to do that. Take care of business to afford yourself to get in those playoffs and be, be able to be, you know, back to taking those chances and, and racing the way they are. Um, you know, that's with the setups. That's with just, you know, they're just loose, man. They're, they're taking chances or taking risks, um, with the setups and everything in between. And, and that puts them in a situation to be able to go out there and race for wins. You know, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but we just we can't afford to take those risks right now. Um, you know, at, at Bristol and things like that, by all means, you go out and rate this place and, and put it on the line, and, and um, you know, we'll, we're going to have fun tomorrow night. I can promise you that. This is a good track for me, and, and, you know, whether something bad happens or not, I can promise you we will be a force to be reckoned with. We might not get to finish, and, and whatever the case may be, maybe bad like you know, bad luck strikes again, maybe a flat tire would be in the wrong place, wrong time, I don't know, get caught in somebody else's wreck, but I at least know that my guys brought me a fast hot rod and I'm gonna go out there and, and do my best to put it up front and, and be solid throughout those long runs because we all know long runs are very important and we put ourselves in that position enough everything else to take care of itself. Clint, before I let you go, uh, I do have to ask, how close are you on, on knowing what you're going to be doing next year? I know I've, I've read some things that you – it looks like you yeah. could be close to re-upping, but how close are we? Man, I think we're in a good spot. I really do believe that. I ain't been worried about it, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I'm worried about getting you know things, uh, you know, obviously in the playoffs, but you really don't even worry about that. you got to get established, man. we got to get, you know um, – you know, communication better because um, through communication we've we've made some bad uh, decisions and, and made you know collectively made those bad decisions together and those are the things you can't afford to do when you get in the playoffs. Last year we did make those mistakes. It's a new ball game, man. Strategy: these tires not wearing out one bit. Being able to you know every now and then you got to take fuel and if you take fuel um, all the fuel you well you might as well take four tires. But you know being able to to take two tires or you know out or, or fuel only, it's a whole new ball game. You've got to you're racing the strategy, you're racing for uh, track position, and, and not necessarily just making your car fast. You can't just rely on you know your natural talents and your capabilities with your race car and stuff like that to just drive back up through them because it doesn't work. You've got to do a good job of, of strategy and staying up front, not giving up that track position and putting yourself in position um, because if you don't, bad luck can strike. Well, Clint, best of luck this weekend. I tell you what, this is how it's going to go. You're going to go win that damn thing tomorrow night, and then come on down oh, to Nashville. Come, come on down to Nashville afterwards, oh. and we'll party. Beers on me. Oh, buddy, I, that <laughs> is scary. All in, in, in two cents. First of all, I almost started having the shakes because of how bad it hurts every time I leave Nashville. But you <laughs> speaking up and saying you're buying all the beer. I got a lot of friends, and if we win this thing, we're all coming, all right? All right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> You're buying. Everybody hey. heard it. <laughs> I know, right? I got you, Clint. I got you. Hey, I appreciate <laughs> it, bud. Thanks, bud. I'm telling you, if I ever, ever had the chance to party with Clint Boyer, that might do it. That, that might be the crowning achievement because uh, this guy likes to have a lot of fun. He's easy to pull for. So appreciate Clint Boyer for joining the show. We'll come back. Get you set. For the bull ring for Bristol, the night race. All next, ESPN one two five. The game. 
Welcome back in ESPN 1025 The Game. Chasing Checkers online at thegamenashville.com. Streaming on the app. You can download it on iTunes as well. Rate, subscribe, and review. And, of course, hear it every weekend on ESPN 1025 The Game. Chase McCabe hanging out with you. Appreciate Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Clint Boyer. I'm pretty sure I volunteered to buy him beer if he wins. So uh, if Clint Boyer wins at Bristol this weekend, I guess I'm going to be out some money because we know that Clint likes to have a good time. He'll come down to Nashville and we'll party. But, hey, there are worse things you can do on a weekend. So, Clint, if you win, I got you. Bristol, baby, the night race. Uh, You heard both drivers mention that that compound they put on the track, the PJ1. And I was there when they – they started using it, and the drivers weren't sure yet. And now that with this rules package and they've used it over the past few years, I feel like we're starting to get some of the old type of racing at Bristol. Uh, you can pass, but you can be side by side. You can beat and bang a little bit. And, you know, while we, you know, race fans love the wrecks, it's nice that a guy can save the race car and not go spinning into the fence and take out the whole field every time, you know, another driver gets into him. So, I do like that, um, that, that that they've made that type of progress with the PJ ones, but uh, with the PJ one, I should say it. But it, it's it's made the racing better. Um, I really like what that we're seeing some of the the guys that were successful at Bristol back in the day. Kurt Busch being one of those, um, he's found found his form again because the racing is similar to to what he used to to win on before they resurfaced it. Because as, as most of you will agree, when they put the new surface down, it took them several years to get the old Bristol back. And um, the the old Bristol was where it was at. And so now that we're kind of back in in that you know that age again, I love it. I'm I'm really glad to see that. And a guy that's been quite successful at Bristol is Kurt's younger brother Kyle, and he was asked about his success at Bristol. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, exactly what all equates to being good at Bristol here and especially it's kind of interesting or unique that um, us two have done a really good job of um, doing well here over the years so um, you know a lot of people talk about how you got to attack this track and be aggressive and that sort of stuff and obviously that's kind of our driving style a little bit but that's a lot of other drivers driving styles as well too and um, some just seem to to adapt to it maybe a little bit better than others, but overall it's uh, it's a fun place to race and um, you know it's always a challenge here. Seems like every time we show up, we don't know what track we're showing up to, but um, we all try to figure it out as we go along. Well, I'm hoping that there's some consistency. That's what I'm saying. That I'm I'm hoping now with this rules package and what they're doing with the PJ1 that they're showing up to the same track. That you're going to have minor adjustments, but it's going to go back to how it used to be. That Okay, Bristol's going to be Bristol. You know what it is. The the day race, the night race, they're going to be a little bit different. But otherwise, you pretty much know what you have when you go to Bristol. And Kyle Busch has been so successful there uh, during his time in the Cup Series. I, I remember, you know, he's he's swept the weekend. He's won the truck race, the Xfinity race, and the Cup race. Um, so, you know, he's going to be somebody to watch. Um, definitely going to be someone you got to pay attention to. But you know, Matt Benedetto has been fast this weekend. He finds out he's going to be out of a ride, and he's in a Gibbs Toyota. They have had a lot of success as of late, um, been running well. So, you know, they um, they could possibly be some uh, somebody to watch. How cool of a story would that be if Matt Benedetto gets it done 
um, at the Bristol Motor Speedway. If he's able to to go out there and after losing, you know, losing his ride, and he goes and he gets a win, that would be such a fun story, such a NASCAR story. But you look at the cars that have been fast. The Gibbs cars are fast. Danny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Kurt Busch is up there as well. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto uh, was was also, you know, as I said, running well. Um, Eric Almirola is looking good. Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, so Kyle Larson. Some of the names that you would expect, they have been running atop the leaderboard uh, since they unloaded at, at the Bristol Motor Speedway. And speaking of Kevin Harvick, he wins last week. Uh, he got his first one of the season just a couple of weeks ago. The momentum is starting to build for Kevin Harvick, and he spoke on that. You know, any any good momentum, especially from winning, um, you know, is, is huge momentum. And, you know, I think for, for us, uh, you look at last year and probably the best year I've ever had in my career and not winning the championship, you know, there was probably a few things that, that go into, you know, not winning the championship. But, you know, I think uh, – you know, you look at the the 22 car, and you know the momentum they had going into the into the last 10 races was was more important at that particular time of the year than than what we had done um, early in the year. So, you know, it's definitely different. Um, you know, there's there's two parts to the season, uh, and, and you know, obviously to to win the championship, you want to be you want to be uh, hot at the right time. But you know, winning races also makes the year more tolerable. Uh, as as you go through the first 26 so you'd love to put it all together unfortunately it never seems like it all comes together even the year we won the championship in in this format it didn't didn't really all come together until the end of the year uh, just because we had so many parts failures and things go wrong and building a team at the beginning of the year but we had fast cars and and we're able to put it all together at the end of the year so we've been on both sides of it and and you know you never know what each year is going to bring especially in a year like this when you have a lot of rule changes and a lot of a lot of things that are different um you know and, and for me I didn't really um enjoy the 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 change in rules and and the change in things and it took me a few months to get over that and realize that you know I drive cars for a living and just need to make mine go faster than everybody else's and and you know I think once we we started getting things settled down and and getting our cars back to where we needed to be and in the right frame of mind it was it was um you know we've got things going in the right direction so it's been uh it's been a good good few months really you know we've had a chance to to win some races that we didn't win as well um, so it's been it's been it's been okay. It's Kevin Harvick on momentum, and I feel like that was the case with a lot of drivers that they didn't like this package and they wanted to complain and you know moan about it. And then once they got over it, then it was like, okay, I'm going to go drive the race car. And uh, I actually got to speak to Dale Earnhardt Jr. about two months ago. Uh, unfortunately, it was where we couldn't air it, and so something messed up with it. But he said to me that. He used to worry about that stuff all the time. And when he got to the point in his career where he just accepted the rules and that NASCAR was making the rules, not him, and just went out and drive the race car, things started going a lot better. And I think you heard that from Kevin Harvick. He just was like, all right, it is what it is. I'm going to go drive a race car. And now all of a sudden he's got a couple wins. He's very much in the playoffs. He's building momentum. His team is building momentum. And, you know, Clint Boyer was saying that, Ricky Stenhouse was saying that, that you just get that one win and you never know. It could turn your whole season around. Everything just changes. So I feel like a lot of drivers have gone through that with the rules changes, uh, the rules change. And now that they've accepted it and they're just going out and they're driving and they're doing their job, 
then you know they're just in a better state of mind. So Bristol coming up Saturday night. Denny Hamlin will lead the field from the pole. He's he's been running well lately too. Uh, Kyle Larson is second. Martin Truex Jr. third. Kurt Busch fourth. Eric Almarola fifth. Chase Elliott sixth. Matt Domenedetto seventh. Kevin Harvick eighth. Eric Jones ninth. Alex Bowman rounds out the top ten. So that is the qualifying order. Uh, of course, you you look and you see a lot of Toyotas and Chevys. Um, at the top of the field, Ford mixed in in the top 10 as well with Almarola and Harvick. But uh, those Gibbs Toyotas seem to have unloaded and, be, and been pretty fast um, as they go into Bristol. Matt DiBenedetto, though, that's one you need to pay attention to. A lot of, a lot of momentum for him si- simply in that he needs to perform. So it's a lot of pressure, and he can go out there with a little reckless abandon and checkers are wreckers, baby, as they say. And uh, try and get try and get himself and that team a win. That is going to do it for another edition of Chasing Checkers. Again, if you missed any of the previous episodes, we have a ton of drivers and racing personalities on. Just go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, and review. Search for Chasing Checkers. You'll get a new episode every Friday afternoon. You can also hear us on Saturday mornings right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. And as always, check us out at thegamenashville.com. My name is Chase McCabe. Follow me on Twitter at ChaseOnGame. You can also hear me Monday through Friday on Darren Donick and Chase from 10 to 2 here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy racing from Bristol. Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game.